Well, the government is renewing their commitment to introducing hate speech laws. And it's vital that families and faith communities understand what is really at stake with these proposals. Today, I want to show you an example of just how flawed these laws could become. So at the moment, hate speech laws only target discrimination on the basis of race, ethnicity or national origin. But groups are calling for religion to be added, although I suspect that's not discrimination against the Christian religion. And others are calling for gender and gender diverse groups to be specified as needing protection from hate speech and for prosecution, the ability to prosecute people to be beefed up. Now, one of the most disturbing realities of criminalizing hateful speech is there's no universally agreed upon definition of what constitutes hate in speech. And without a clear definition, how will you know when or if you have broken the law? Uh, here's Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern's explanation a couple of years ago when this idea was first floated. Views that people necessarily wouldn't agree with. There's a very big difference between that and language which is designed to try and incite harm against others. Uh, and it's kind of examples where when you see it, you know it. Um, it ah, well, that really helps, doesn't it? When you see it, you know it, apparently, depending on who's the judge and what you said. Uh, for example, traditional beliefs about human sexuality and identity, being born male and female, marriage being one man and one woman, which have been held by the majority of humankind across diverse cultures for thousands of years, but they've only recently been construed as hateful. Now, here's an example from the UK of just how dangerous and flawed hate speech laws can be. My role in the school as chaplain was to talk about the Christian faith, mostly just trying to commend Christianity without forcing it. And I was always very clear, you, please listen to what I'm saying, please think about what I'm saying, and then make up your own mind. Back in the late summer term of 2018, there was mention of a group called Educate and Celebrate coming and doing diversity training. Um, and I thought, okay, not sure what that is. I might just do a quick internet search. And it very quickly became clear to me that this was an organization which has a very strongly pro-LGBT agenda. The idea that they wanted to smash heteronormativity struck me. I know that's a very strong expression, that's very loaded, smashing things, is uh, that felt very political. So I was uncertain about how to deal with that, but I thought, well look, I believe in freedom of speech and, and people having their own opinions. Um, on balance, the best thing to do is to wait and hear the training, and then if I've got concerns, go to the senior leadership of the school and say, uh, there's something difficult here from Christian point of view, which I thought there probably would be, but I wanted to make sure. I thought that was only fair. 
Um, so Ellie Barnes, the CEO of Educated Celebrate, came and did a training session with staff. Um, and it, it really confirmed everything that I thought might be problematic about it. Um, she had the staff chanting about smashing heteronormativity. And some of the content um, was, was clearly inaccurate. She talks, uh, the Educate and Celebrate program talks about gender identity being a protected characteristic, which it just isn't in the Equality Act. Every summer term, um, thinking about the, the topics for the sermons for that term, I would ask pupils to suggest ideas. Um, one of the pupils said to me, um, Sir, do you have any slots left in your topics? And I said, Yes, I have got one. He said, Can you talk about how come we're supposed, we're told we have to accept these LGBT ideas in a Christian school? Um, so, on that basis, and the fact that you know, I'd heard other people expressing these concerns and doubts and confusions. I said, yes, this is an important topic for the chaplain as someone who's supposed to guide people through the maze of moral and ethical uh, life. That's a proper topic for me to talk about. Um, so that's what I did. This is the sermon I gave in June. You might be concerned that if you take the religious view on these matters, you will be attacked and accused of homophobia and the like. But remember that religious belief is just as protected in law as sexual orientation. And no one has the right to discriminate against you or be abusive towards you. couldn't comprehend how I'd done anything so wrong that I needed to be suspended. Ruffled a few feathers, maybe, but then as a Christian minister, sometimes that's your job. But suspended? Uh, I couldn't make any sense of it. That, that felt as if the world was going mad and falling apart. When I initially read the thing in the document saying that there'd been a, a prevent referral. I, I can't really remember exactly how I reacted um, because it was just so mind-blowing. Um, the fear, you know, are you going to have the police breaking in your front door at six o'clock in the morning and dragging you off and seizing all the computers in the house and turning it upside down searching for evidence or, or and that sounds extreme, and, and of course, in reality, I, I didn't for a moment believe that could happen. But if the world is mad enough to say that a Church of England minister talking about the Church of England's beliefs is, is an extremist, a violent extremist, if it's mad enough to say that in the first place, someone else might be mad enough to act on it. I wanted to give the school every opportunity to admit that they'd got some things wrong. Even if they didn't admit everything was wrong, I offered so many times mediation, conciliation, let's sit down and talk about this. Um, but sometimes there comes a point where you just have to say you've had enough chances and now it's time to speak out. Now it's time, as it were, to be a whistleblower, to speak the truth. I've got a legal case 
coming up to, to challenge the school on the way they've treated me, the fact that they've discriminated against me for being religious. I was too religious for them in a Christian school. Now when ideologies compete, we should not descend into abuse. We should respect the beliefs of others, even where we disagree. Above all, we need to treat each other with respect, not personal attacks. That's what loving your neighbour as yourself means. Yeah, amazing. Christian Concern in the UK are doing a great job. And that case is still ongoing. And look, hate speech laws, they're going to be primarily targeted at the new enemy. And that is Judeo-Christian values. Anything that sniffs of biblical values and especially biblical sexual ethics. Because there is a new religion, uh, secular religion that we now have based around sexual identity, uh, gender identity, uh, critical theory, environmentalism. Those are the new religions. Look, religions. Look, make no mistake, activists and special interest groups are going to miss the important distinction between hate speech and merely speech they hate. And they'll end up using such laws as tools of political intimidation to punish opponents, to cancel and shut down debate in the marketplace of ideas. Don't let that happen. It's Time to understand what's really at stake and push back. And so we'd encourage you to read our fact sheet. You can download it for free from our website, hatespeech.nz. Speak up on this issue before you lose the ability to even speak at all. Go to hatespeech.nz to learn more.